Hey everybody, welcome to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious, certified, gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle, or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three, it's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores, J.D. Page. Boy, Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low, Hornung, dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10, here's Van Pelt. He's at the five, touchdown Colorado State. What's up? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. As always, I am your host, Justin Michael. That is at Justin T. Michael on Twitter because I know you guys can't get enough of my tweets. Uh, Joining me today, my good friend, my partner in crime, my longtime uh, associate, Mr. Eddie Herz of the Loveland Reporter Herald. Eddie, what's up? Not much, Justin. Happy to be back on the show. It's been a while. Yeah, man, it has been a while. It's been too long is what it's been. Uh, we're glad to have you on. It's going to be a fun podcast. We've got a lot to talk about. we got to talk a little bit of CSU Men's Hoops. Uh, had Media Day a couple of days ago, which I've obviously talked about a little bit on the last couple of days, but it'll be good to get Eddie's perspective on that. We're going to answer a couple of questions that you guys tweeted at us this morning and we are going to just go over some of the exciting matchups in college football this weekend. It's a it's a good weekend to be a fan of the sport. Uh, there's a lot of good matchups in the league, a lot of intriguing ones for CSU fans. But really, it's just a good weekend in general to be a college football fan. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Eddie's definitely looking forward to it. Oh yeah. Uh, before we jump into Football Friday, though, we're going to talk a little bit of CSU hoops, as we said. Nico Carvacho, senior center, ultimately named uh, number 95 on CBS Sports' top 101 players in the country. Uh, that was put together by Gary Parrish, Matt Norlander, their dudes. Uh, Nico Carvacho coming in in the top 100, not a shocker as he led the nation in rebounding, but you know what jumps to your mind when you see that? Is that a fair ranking? Is he ranked too high, too little? What do you think? Yeah, I would probably say if anything, he's ranked too little, actually. Parrish commented on it on Twitter when CSU Basketball posted on it, 
and said that maybe Caraggio should have been given a better ranking, which I think is reasonable. Top 100 is kind of a weird amount of players, but I would say, if anything, he deserves a better ranking. Like you said, Nation's leading rebounder, improving his all-around game. We definitely can expect a better season out of him, and I think that's kind of good recognition and well-deserved recognition for Nico. You know, the trickiest part about these lists, which is kind of something that Eddie and I uh, briefly discussed before we started recording, uh, we, don't, we didn't want to talk about it too much because we want to save the good stuff for the pod, obviously, uh, but when you compile a list like this, it's so difficult because, you know, what what do you value? Are you valuing individual statistical performance? Are you valuing, you know, the role in helping your team win? Are you right. valuing just, you know, there's so many different ways you can look at this. Are you, do you care about the level of competition they're playing? Do you right. care about, you know, the coaching minutes? All of this stuff can go into it. Nico, I think he's a top 100 player in the country. Uh, I'm not sure I would put him way higher than 95. Um, I think you could maybe make an argument that he's somewhere in the 80s, something like that, based yeah. on where this list is. A couple of guys in the Mountain West ended up making it. Sam Merrill, the highest, number 23. He's an absolute stud, Utah State's point guard. Uh, one of the things Eddie and I were talking about is you watch him, and it, it kind of seems like Merrill plays in slow motion, but like his <laughs> handles are phenomenal. He's a really efficient scorer. Uh, shot 46% from the field last year, 21 points per game, the whole the whole nine yards. So him and Niamis Keita ended up being the only Mountain West players to make the list along with Carvacho, uh, Tyler Bay of Colorado, number 59, McKinley Wright, the highest of anyone relevant to CSU at number 16. Uh, honestly, guys, I'm, I'm very high on McKinley Wright. I think he is a top 20 player in the nation. I think he's the best player in the Pac-12. Not shocked he's there at number 16. I guess, I mean, if you're a CSU fan, you got to be stoked about this a little bit. I mean, yeah. these preseason lists don't really mean a whole lot. They no. don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But it is good to see a CSU guy getting some national recognition sure. with all of these other names. I mean, it's not exactly like CSU basketball's dominated the headlines over the last couple of years, at least the positive headlines. Right. No, yeah. I mean, like we were also kind of saying earlier, it's more of just a fun read for clicks, but it is good food for thought, so you kind of know who to have your eye on, but there's no way to really properly and fairly evaluate 100 players. You know, once you get past the top 30, it's kind of a crapshoot, but no, it's good recognition, and you know, it's about time Nico gets some recognition. He really didn't get any in the offseason after a phenomenal season, so it's definitely something to be excited about as a CSU fan. It was weird how little Nico got talked about on a national basis. I know CSU played for... Not a whole lot. I mean, they just didn't play a lot of valuable games last year, given how the season went, no postseason. Uh, but anytime you lead the nation in rebounding, I mean, I don't think that necessarily was a great thing for CSU. That's another thing that we talked about. Mm -hmm. We think this year, we think Nico probably not going to put up the same numbers, but he's going to sure. be a more complete player. Absolutely. You don't want one guy bringing down 13 rebounds a game. Like, yeah, it was so <laughs> one-sided last year. So I guess my question for you is, who are some of the guys that can step up and help Nico Carvacho in that rebounding role? Who are some people uh, CSU fans should keep their eye on this season? Yeah, there's quite a few, and I think you know that's why you should be optimistic about this team. Like you just said, a guy getting 13 rebounds per game means the rest of the team isn't rebounding, which they weren't. But you have a guy like David Roddy who comes in, 
listed as a forward slash guard, but really a forward at heart. I mean, that's a guy who can get you five, six boards a game. Under the radar, Chris Martin last year had a 10-rebound game, a couple games with seven or eight. He's a higher-energy guy who could also get you five or six a game. I think Thistlewood, even though he kind of plays as a guard in a forward role, could probably get you three or four in, like— we were also saying earlier, I mean, if you have Nico's, what, 9, 10 a game, and then you have three other guys who can get five, which they're now capable of, I mean, you're really going to be able to dominate the glass more. Also, Deshaun Thomas, a guy who can rebound. They have more options on the glass, and, you know, that's really where they hurt last year. Yeah, I think watching CSU take that team picture on media day the other day, it was just a positive sign to look at the roster and be like, oh, look, Nico doesn't absolutely dwarf everyone <laughs> on the floor. I mean, he's obviously the biggest guy still. He's seven footer, six foot eleven, whatever. Um Deshaun but, is big though, man. Yeah, Deshaun's got some size. For a freshman too. He's got some size, yeah. Roddy, not the not the tallest guy in the world. He's only like six five, listed as a guard forward. Uh that I mean, he's gonna play forward. It's what he's been his entire career. He's a four. I know we're in this era of positionless basketball and things get a little bit murky and I think to an extent, sometimes these teams get a little bit a little bit cute with their player center distinction. Position doesn't exist anymore, apparently. Like, how do you not just list Carvacho as a center? <laughs> I, honestly, I think it has more to do with like the NBA draft and given. Yeah, it's like the word center almost has this like negative connotation around it, it which means is you can't move. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, which is weird because like you have guys like Nikola Jokic and some of these fives that are really like transcending the game that are really changing the way the position is played. I don't want to get ahead of myself and say, you know, Nico Carvacho is going to be like Nikola Jokic because Nikola Jokic is a top 20 player in the world. Yeah. But Nico can move a little bit. He yeah. can pass the basketball. His feet are pretty solid. That's one thing that Nico Medved brought up after the first day of practice. He goes, you know, there's this narrative that Nico Carvacho isn't a good scorer in the post and that it had to do with his poor footwork. Uh, Medved brought up that that's really that's not true. When you watch him, he has really solid footwork. I know the shoulder injury has made it so he couldn't really finish at the rim Mm -hmm. last year, and it got frustrating at times to watch a lot of blown layups. But you know, Nico can play. He's a solid player. I'm happy that he was recognized on this. It's cool for him and. You know, we'll see what this team is able to do. I'm really excited for it, though. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think there's any way they're worse than last year. They should definitely improve. I see this team. I mean, I know we're not getting into the big season predictions yet, but I would be surprised if they win less than 17 games. I think they could maybe win as many as 19 or 20. The Mountain West isn't as strong outside of Utah State. I don't really believe in New Mexico. I think there's a lot of winnable games in that schedule. Well, the thing about the league this year is, like, you know, like you said, Utah State, by and far the favorite. They are significantly mm-hmm. better than every other team in the league. Everyone else, it's kind of like a, we'll wait and see. There are parts that I like about the teams. Even yeah. Nevada. Nevada, yeah. you know, you lost a lot of experience. You got a new coach. Who knows what's going to happen trying to put all that together. You know, New Mexico, UNLV, two teams who on paper recruit really well every year are always near the top of the league and that kind of stuff, but they just can't seem to put it together. Can Paul Ware put it together? Uh, can they change things under Olsenberger at UNLV? We'll see. I might have just completely butchered uh, TJ Olsenberger's it's last year. It's a good point, though. I feel like UNLV has like three, four-star guys every year somehow. And you don't even notice because they never play like that team they should based on the recruiting rankings. Well, they never pan out. Yeah. The lack of development at UNLV over the last five or six years has really been astounding. It's it's weird. They have great resources. Yeah. 
uh, you with the you know history. the USA basketball and all the connections in Vegas. Right. You got the history, like you mm-hmm. mentioned. They're a program that I would honestly like to see them turn it around at some point, just for national relevancy's sake. It's one of those where Bring it's like running rebels back. Exactly, like yeah. Mountain West football is better when San Diego State and Boise State are relevant. It's 100%. just true. Um, Mountain West basketball are better when you know San Diego State, New Mexico, UNLV are relevant. So, hopefully, those three teams are able to put it together. Either way, though, Eddie and I, big college basketball guys, we're really looking forward to the season. We're looking forward to talking college hoops all year. I'll definitely try and get him on here as much as possible. Uh, but, you know, we got to move on. It's football Friday, so we got to talk football. It's what we do here. Um, let's just jump right into some of these Mountain West games. I've got the spreads pulled up, and don't worry. If, if you're listening to this podcast and you are waiting for your questions to be answered, I promise we will get to them later. Uh, but first, we're going to just kind of briefly go over some of these games here. Let's just start with CSU Fresno State. Uh, Rams currently listed as 14 and a half point dogs. I'm not going to lie. You know, I don't bet on CSU games for ethical reasons, um, but that's a pretty enticing line. I got I mean, I would, I would at least consider it if I was gambling on this game, 14 and a half points. I don't know if Fresno's going to cover that. Yeah. I think they stretched it a little bit because what they blew out UNLV by like 30 at home recently. Was that last yeah, week? Yeah. Last week. Yeah, but they've been super inconsistent. I think Fresno eventually will come into form and play how they should, but I mean, they're not the team they were last year. They lost a lot of key defensive pieces, lost a lot of key offensive pieces as well, Keyshawn Johnson and their starting quarterback. I don't know. I mean, they were tied with Sacramento State in the fourth quarter. They kind of had trouble putting away New Mexico State. I know there were some garbage time points there. They ended up winning 30-17. They were up 24-0, but still... I don't know. You should be blowing out New Mexico State for four quarters with how bad that team is. They're inconsistent. I mean, they hung tight with Minnesota. They hung tight with USC. But given their inconsistency, I think 14 and a half is pretty generous. Yeah, I mean, if you're a gambler, I'm at, I'm at least looking at it and considering it. I know you're in a weird position if you're CSU. You already lost your starting quarterback for the year. Now the conference is leading rusher. You're leading running back. Uh, suspended off the team such a weird situation i know one of the questions we got sent in was who can we expect to see step up without marvin and we will talk about that a little bit more later uh but briefly just like while we're still on the csu fresno state discussion (laughs) this marvin kinsey situation man like it, it seems like we've seen the last of marvin kinsey in a rams uniform would you agree like yeah why what at this point we're not going to speculate about what the suspension's for. It doesn't really matter. All at the end of all that matters at the end of the day is he's no longer on the team. He's no longer with the offense. Um, if you're suspended, probably a minimum of two to three games, depending on what you did. For sure. At that point, you got like two games left on the schedule. Are you going to bring? I mean, you're not going to bring him back for a headache. I mean, you also have to consider that he's a kid who's dealt with, what, two or three prior suspensions, so it kind of seems like more of a last straw thing than anything. Like, you're a senior, you're finally putting it together, and you're still getting suspended for whatever reason. I would probably say it's the end of Marvin Kinsey. I'm not basing that off of anything, but just off his history, I mean, he's had trouble staying focused, and this is another instance of that, and I think it's kind of too late for him to earn another shot. Just really unfortunate, man. A lot of... So a lot talent. of wasted, yeah, just a lot of wasted potential. I think when he and Rashad Body came in the same recruiting class like four years ago, uh, everyone had really high hopes for this running back duo. You know, thought you know the the dash and bash type will yeah. have the speed and the Body power, good, and 
just neither one of them really able to work it out. Both of them had off field, um, I guess we'll just say issues that we resulted that. in them yeah, not <laughs> making the not making the most of their football careers. So CSU fourteen and a half point dogs. Uh, ultimately, I think Fresno State probably victorious in this game. Not sure that they cover though. I'd say they win by ten. Win by ten. All yeah. right. Let's move on. Uh, Wyoming hosts Nevada. Wyoming five and two, Nevada four and three. The Cowboys are fourteen point favorites at home. Interesting situation here. I think Wyoming. If you you want to get a win here, one you want to secure bowl eligibility. Um, but the thing is, they still have to play at Boise State, at Utah State. Uh, they host CSU and then they travel to Air Force. So three really hard road games, and then the border war for Wyoming. I don't think you want to mess around and leave your bowl eligibility to those four. I think probably are able to get a win in there somewhere. I would say that's three losses out of four, though. I think so, too. I mean, Wyoming, I don't see them going to Boise State and winning on the Smurf turf. Uh, At Utah State, maybe. They've been up and down all season, but it's not an easy game by any any means. Weather could be a factor there. Uh, CSU at home, to be determined, but the Rams have not showed up for the border wear very frequently in the Mike Bobo era. And then he closed the season at Air Force, who, despite the fact that Air Force lost to Boise State earlier this year, I actually think the Falcons uh, might be the best team in the Mountain Division. They're definitely the best coached, um, despite the fact that Troy Calhoun is a jerk-off. It's not the most disciplined. My apologies if you're an Air Force fan, but uh, (laughs) he's one of those dudes that just always has to prove that he's the smartest guy in the room at all times um nevada three and one in their first four games but just one in two cents did you see that stuff with malik henry he's like no longer on the he's supposedly still on scholarship but he's like not playing football anymore yeah i didn't really read into it i saw a little bit about that that was odd for sure they released a statement basically saying that like they're gonna allow malik to focus on life and I just like becoming a better person, I guess. I don't really know what exactly that means. Uh, but one of the weirdest, exactly. It's, (laughs) it's kind of like with Marvin at CSU, like, you know, there's more to the story, but probably not going to get it. Ultimately, uh, I think the Cowboys probably cover at home in this one is, I mean, it's, this isn't a very exciting game. Is there anything about this game that jumps out to you other than Wyoming trying to get a bowl win? Besides that both teams' records make it look like a really good game when it's not, no, there's nothing that jumps out. I mean, I think Wyoming wins. Nevada is not very good, but nothing specific jumps out at me in that one. Me either. I think we can move on from this one. I don't think CSU fans are desperate to talk about Wyoming by any means. Um, Take a quick break here to shout out Breckenridge Brewery, and we will talk about more games around the league when we come back. It's time to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR Rams. From Avalanche Ale to Colorado Core, Strawberry Sky, and everything in between, Breckenridge has the treats to make your football party a hit this weekend. Pick up some Breckenridge Brewery wherever you buy your beer. That is the liquor store, the grocery store. Uh, Maybe you have a beer delivery man. I don't know what you're doing with your life, but make sure you're filling your belly with Breckenridge beer. We love those guys. We love partnering with them. And uh, yeah, it's just gonna make your football party a hit. I'm not, I'm not a big beer guy, but I can say with certainty that Breck is the way to go. 
All right, welcome back to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. If you're looking for a gluten-free treat to make your breakfast complete, check out Canyon Gluten-Free. Hey, that was that was generic. That wasn't even a read. So, I deserve <laughs> I deserve my paychecks here. <laughs> let's let's keep it going. Uh, San Jose State, the surprise team of the league, three and four. Uh, they have a chance, at least statistically, to qualify for a bowl game. Three and four, or three and three. Three and four. Are they really? Um, huh. But they got to go to Army this week. Also three and four. Army listed as ten point favorites. Uh, they currently have a top forty defense nationally. Only allow twenty one point seven points per game. You got a situation here where neither team can afford to lose if they want to keep their bowl hopes alive. San Jose State still has to play Boise State, Hawaii, and Fresno State, probably the three best teams from the West. Uh, San Diego State, obviously, 6-1 and one in there as well. Army still has to travel to Air Force. They got to play Hawaii and Wyoming as well. Uh, so, you know, a couple of, couple of tough game. Excuse me, not Wyoming, Hawaii. I don't know why I wrote Wyoming there. I thought you said Fresno, by the way, yep. not San Jose. Oh. That was me. Just, I'm getting, yeah. getting confused over here. <laughs> Anyways, San Jose State, 10-point dogs at Army. You see them any way they can go on the road and win this game? That's a, that's a tough draw. It would be an interesting – I mean, I know San Jose State doesn't provide, like, a real home atmosphere, but it would be interesting on their home field. I don't really see how they could win that in Army. Army's always stingy, and they have been this year. I just don't think San Jose State's going to be able to put the points on the board on the road. I have been impressed with their turnaround this year. They're, they're a nice feel-good story. Uh <laughs> Good for the Spartans for at least putting up a fight this year. But Army probably, if I were a better, you know, I'd, I'd probably cover that 10-point uh, mm. spread. Pretty favorable at home. All right, now we got a couple of decent games here to close out the Mountain West slate. Uh, Air Force, 5-2. and two. They will host Utah State, 4-2. and two. Falcons currently 3.5-point favorites in this game. You know, like I said before, I think Air Force might be the best team in the Mountain West. They need Boise State to lose a couple of games if they're going to compete for a league title because Boise State beat them earlier. Uh, but Air Force 3-1 and one over their last four. They've beaten Fresno State. They went on the road and kicked the hell out of Hawaii. Uh, Aggies kind of up and down, beat CSU, obviously. But they still have to play BYU, Boise State, Wyoming, and Fresno State. So I think they're going to want to get a win here, put themselves one step closer to bowl eligibility. Pretty much every game they have remaining could be a loss. Uh, so going to be interesting for Utah State here. What do you what do you think of this Falcons team? Do you do you believe in them, or do you think it's more just a matter of you know they're they're veterans and they they run the option and it just gives people troubles? They're not necessarily like a great team. It's more just their scheme. Yeah, no, that's how it's been in years past, especially with CSU. But I'm I'm on the Falcons bandwagon this year. I think they arguably are the best team in the Mountain West. I think if they played Boise State now, because they have been improving consistently, they could probably beat Boise State, especially at home. I'm definitely buying into them, and they'll definitely get a win this week. It's going to be a, that CSU Air Force game. <laughs> could be a, could a, be a long bath. day for yeah. Ram fans. <laughs> New Mexico 2-5, and five, hosting Hawaii. This is the game Eddie and I were talking about earlier. If you are looking to gamble on any game this week in the Mountain West, this is the game to do it. Pound this game, betters. I'm telling you, New Mexico two and five, hosting a four and three Hawaii team. Hawaii much better than their four and three record shows. They've lost to Air Force. They've lost to Boise State, um, but they can put points on the board in a hurry. 
And this New Mexico defense is as bad as any Division One mm-hmm. team I've ever seen. The fact that the fact that like CSU didn't throw like seventy on the board against this Lobos defense, little bit disappointing if we're being honest. I know the Rams don't have their starting quarterback and everything else, but the Lobos suck, dude. Yeah, they're really bad. They're really bad. From a gambling perspective, though, I do. Get cold feet with big spreads in favor of the road team with double-digit spreads. But, I mean, I think Hawaii covers that. They're an offensive-heavy team playing maybe the worst defense in the country. They were statistically at one point. I don't know if they still are. But, yeah, I would definitely take the points on Hawaii there. You know, the only thing, you know, that's a good point to bring up. The fact home field advantage always matters a little bit. The thing is, is just like, the people in, of Albuquerque are so done with this football team that they don't right. really have a home field advantage anymore. I'd say, if anything, maybe they get lucky with weather. Hawaii being, you know, the the island team, maybe they could, you get a cold, windy night or something like that. True. Maybe it drives the points down a little bit, makes it so that they can't execute. Uh, but ultimately, I feel pretty confident about this one. I think Hawaii goes into Dream Style Stadium or whatever it's called now and wins handily i'd be surprised if they don't throw 60 on the board yeah i mean it's it's really hard to see them winning by less than two touchdowns and i mean i think they win by at least three for sure all right we are going to wrap things up here uh from the mountain west side we will talk briefly uh about some of the other games that we're interested in this weekend uh, when we wrap things up also going to answer a couple of questions from you guys shout out to everyone that sent those in I kind of asked for him a little last minute, so that was my fault. I should have done it a couple of days ago, but thank you to everyone that responded in a in a timely fashion. Final Mountain West game on Saturday, two and five UNLV versus six and one San Diego State. Absolutely nothing about this game is interesting to me, other than you know CSU plays UNLV, and I guess we can look at them from that perspective. But other yeah. than that, like as an as a football fan. This game is not exciting to me. San Diego State trying to stay perfect against the West. Uh, they're only lost this year at Utah State. I don't. I don't really. And San Diego State makes it as boring as they can, you know, and that's how they win games. They're just not a fun team. Like their defense is enjoyable. It's enjoyable, but it's not even like it's effective, but it's not even like a flashy, really good defense. You exactly. know what I mean? They're, they're not like hard sound. hitting, or yeah. they don't make a ton of plays. Necess- like they don't. They just don't mess up. You know exactly. They just, and, you know, to be honest, it's kind of like a good offensive line. Like, right. You only talk about the offensive line when the offensive line sucks. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of those where maybe I'm just looking for something to nitpick. And no, I agree though. But yeah. it's just not not a fun game. I yeah. think San Diego State, uh, thirteen and a half point favorites at on the road. I guess that's me. spooky though because if you, I don't know why I said spooky, but it, <laughs> hey, it's it, almost Halloween. Yeah, it is. We're, We're getting, getting spooky there. out here. Um, I was actually looking at that line the other day, and because San Diego State can't score, they rarely win by a lot. Even when they handle a team, they'll sometimes win by like eight or nine points. I don't think they've won many games by more than 13. So from a gambling perspective, definitely food for thought. No, that's a great point. I think with these New Mexico and Hawaii games, I am very sure that Hawaii is going to beat New Mexico. I know it could go the other way, and if it does, tweet at me, whatever, take your shots. (laughs) If I'm I'm equally as sure that San Diego State will beat UNLV. Right. If we're talking about level of confidence, but in terms of betting, right. I would much rather take Hawaii 10 points 
than this because like you said the san diego state offense they're not sexy you never know who's going to show up i don't believe in chapman their quarterback at all he's awful like he's he sucks like i'm i don't like to say sucks when it talks about college players because they are amateurs yeah but he's not good um this unlv team same deal you got a coach on the hot seat in sanchez i have a lot of love for their defensive coordinator tim skipper who i know uh, and used to work with scsu but other than that I just there's not much about this it's game. Like if you bet on that game with how little San Diego State's offense does, if UNLV somehow opens the game with a touchdown, you're the point spread's in doubt. You're a degenerate if you gamble on this game, right? You or you just are. don't understand gambling. Yeah, which happens a lot. <laughs> like I'm, San Diego State very well could kick the crap out of UNLV. We're not saying that it won't happen. It's just Hawaii's safer because you know they'll put up points. Exactly. You know, if San Diego State's defense comes out slow, they'll still probably win, but can you count on them winning by two touchdowns? Like, probably not. Probably not. At least, you know, at least historically, that has not been the case. So, interesting slate for the Mountain West. Boise State on a bye. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to CSU Fresno State. I'm in California for the first time. Out here with Eddie, we had in and out earlier. Uh, you know, let's let's talk about this for a second. <laughs> let's get into let's it. settle the old In and Out <laughs> debate, and let's talk about how good is In and Out Burger. Because I'll say this: the first time I went to In and Out was in Las Vegas in 2014. It would have been for the Las Vegas Bowl against Utah when CSU got murked. I went in there really high expectations. My whole life, I've been told, you know, In and Out is the bee's knees. It's the best fast food on the planet. It's going to change my life, this, that. And then I just remember I like I went in, it was slammed. I couldn't get a seat. My food tastes kind of rushed. And I was just like, uh, like this is, this is kind of okay. Been back about four or five times since. And I'll tell you, every time I'm there, I like it more than the time mm-hmm. before that. Yeah. Their burgers are really good. Really good. Shakes are really good. Fries need work. Fries need some work. Yeah, they do. I think you're, I think that's the point, but good bang for your buck though. Yeah. No, in and out is good. And, like we said earlier, definitely podcast worthy. The hype is because people want what they can't have. It's not in every state. And if it was everywhere, it would kind of, I wouldn't say it would be McDonald's level, but it would be treated like a normal fast food place, you know, like Burger King or Wendy's. But people are just so obsessed with it because they can only get it when they go to Vegas or California. And I think it's good. It's just like those expectations are a little ridiculous. Yeah, I think it's one of those were probably overhyped. Um, but. You know, if you're looking for a cheap meal like I am, I already spent too much money on on food, and I haven't even been here for like two days yet. But uh, yeah, in and out. I enjoyed my experience. We had a business lunch over there, as I tweeted out. That doesn't actually mean anything. All Very that means formal. is all that means <laughs> is we went and had lunch. <laughs> but uh, I, I like In and Out. We're gonna do a poll on Twitter later, so you guys can decide this. In and Out worth the hype? Like the hype is real. Or, you know, overrated. It's all the burgers name. are really good. The Animal burgers style are burgers good. Are really good. Like I really enjoyed every bite of that. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's something about like the buns are like buttery and crispy and pickles on there too. The pickles nice were fresh. Touch. Yeah. They use the cheese is good. You know, yeah. some fast food places they skimp you on the cheese. Yeah. And it's not even melted or yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do that in and out. They treat you right with the cheese. They do. But uh, I-, I loved it. We had a great time. We're having a great time out here in Fresno. And we are going to answer a couple questions when we, uh, in just a second here. 
Alrighty, I had to pull up those questions, but we are good to go now. I have them on my cellular, as my grandfather would say. Uh, But I posted earlier, we are in bulldog country. Preparing for today's podcast, send in your questions, comments, or concerns about CSU Fresno State or anything else Ram-related. We'll share it on the podcast. Uh, We got sent a couple of things, so let's check them out. At Jason P. Fister for interesting twitter name but guy who always tweets at me so i appreciate it uh, i wonder how the overall team mood is considering the suspension etc it's a good question i'll let eddie start with this have you noticed anybody in the locker room or have you i mean we, it's not like we got to witness a whole lot since finding out uh, mm-hmm. what went down with marvin but how do you sense the overall team mood is uh, after that or just this whole season after everything that's happened it's it's an interesting question because they're pretty well trained to not react, you know, at out least of true emotion with that. Yeah, to us, and it was weird because we talked to them after we found out, but they had already known for a couple of days, which Bobo did say. So, if the timing added up, maybe it would have been different. But they already knew, so like they didn't react in a weird way. They kind of just gave the typical answers, like we've battled adversity, people go down, next guy steps up, but. I don't know. I mean, I think they're confident in their trio of running backs. I think the running backs are confident in themselves. So it's not like they're getting down on themselves, at least publicly. Yeah, I mean, I I do think the locker room as a whole is more together than the team was last year. Uh, Even given everything that's happened, we talked about it at the beginning of the season and how everyone was more bought in and all that. Um, I do think that's it's played out that way, even though this season, you know, win-loss record it hasn't shown necessarily. Like, you haven't seen the improvement you were looking for in that regard. They're definitely more together, and they're definitely communicating better. I, I won't name the player, but I remember asking someone last year, when when did Body get kicked off the team, or when did he leave the team? What month was that in? It was after, like, five Literally. or six, yeah, week four or five around there. I remember the day it happened because it came out through a press release or something before we talked to the players, and I asked a player, and he didn't even know what happened. So that, you know, that tells you how less together and, you know, less communicative they were last season compared to now, you know? That's a good point. Yeah. That, that's such a bad look. It's a really bad look, <laughs> and he didn't even care. <laughs> that's an even worse look. <laughs> Uh, branching off that question, we have another one from at the real roof nine. Got some interesting Twitter usernames on here, uh, but I, I am familiar with you. We've been interacting for a couple of years now. Uh, besides Marcus McElroy and Jalen Thomas, yeah, sorry, I got caught up. I was reading that. Besides Marcus McElroy and Jalen Thomas, do we expect any of the other young running backs to get some time? I guess that would be Christian Hunter would be the only other. And I would say yes to that. Yeah, Hunter. I think we will see more of Jalen and Christian. Uh, Marcus McElroy, at least on paper, going to be the number one against Fresno. I'm not sure if he'll keep that role moving forward. He's got to produce, man. I keep thinking, like, one of these games, Marcus is going to break out. He he already would have if he was going to, and I actually am pretty confident in Christian Hunter right now. I feel like Jalen Thomas has had more opportunities where Christian Hunter hasn't, and I think that's because Jalen's kind of the guy, I feel like, who do, does things right in practice where Christian's maybe missing some assignments, so he's earned those reps while Kinsey was still there. But now when they need both, you give Christian a shot, and they, at the end of the day, no disrespect to Jalen Thomas, he's a very talented back, but Christian Hunter's the playmaker out of the two. I mean, he was killing it in the preseason, has throughout 
the regular season, and now I think he really gets a chance, and I think he could do something pretty special. No, I agree. I think Hunter's the guy who are probably gonna is gonna benefit the most mm-hmm. uh, from Marvin no longer being in the picture. Uh, not to say that any of these guys were rooting for the Marvin's downfall or anything like that. I'm not trying to imply that, uh, but I do think that Christian serves. Uh, to benefit just in terms of playing time, opportunities in the backfield, the whole nine yards, uh, has battled, I think, some injuries throughout the season. I think Bobo ankle mentioned that. Yeah, ankle injury finally healthy, so that should make a difference as well. Uh, but ultimately, you know, this is a really big game. We talked about it before. Uh, this is a game where CSU, like, if you can win this game against Fresno State, you're sitting at three and five at that point. You still have to play Air Force. You still have to play Wyoming. Uh, you still play UNLV, mm-hmm. and you still play Boise State. Boise State's going to be a loss, mm-hmm. so just mark it down. That's 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 your sixth loss. You can't lose any more than that and still make a bowl game. But if you do beat Fresno State, and you're assuming that you're going to lose to Boise State, that makes the Air Force and Wyoming games a lot more interesting. Absolutely. One, CSU hasn't beat either of these guys in three years now. Mm-hmm. Been a long time. Rams need to beat them. Uh, just from a PR perspective, but two, like, could you imagine if you win, you win one of those games, you beat, let's say you, let's say you beat Fresno State and you beat UNLV and you're on a three game winning streak at that point Mm -hmm. going into those games, it would be a lot of fun. I'm not, we're not saying it's going to happen. We're not, you know, we're not trying to put anything crazy out there. No, but it's something yeah. to think about. It definitely is. I mean, I I completely agree. If you beat Fresno State, it pretty much goes down to sweeping those two rivalry games, determining if you make a bowl or not, because I don't see them u- losing to UNLV. And like you said, there's no way they beat Boise. So it really will make things interesting. Whether or not it plays out for them is to be determined, but it will be interesting at least. Let me ask you this. I don't... Let's, let's say... Let's say it plays out exactly like that. Mm-hmm. Let's say... CSU loses to Boise in the season finale, but other than that, they win out. Are the fans are are they back on Bobo's side at that point? Has can he can can Bobo do anything at this point that redeems himself with the mass majority? I wouldn't say permanently, but temporarily, yes. If you come out of a one and five, two and five hole to make a bowl game, that's pretty impressive. I think he's gonna win some fans back. Not forever. Like if they go out and are terrible next year, it's all going to be gone. But they'll, you know, he'll have some leeway if he does that. That would be just, that'd be so CSU. After everything that's happened, <laughs> find a way to reach six and six, make a bowl game, and just like make half the fan base lose its absolute mind. Beating Air Force would be something on its own. <laughs> Shoot, man. The Falcons are a great team. Yeah. So like the fact to, to even be in that position, you're going to have to beat a couple of good teams. So like we said, we're not, we're not saying it's going to happen. We're not saying we think that's going to happen. We're just saying if it does play out that way, things could get a little tricky, a little interesting. So mm-hmm. there's at least, there's at least some stuff to consider moving forward. There are reasons for the Rams to keep playing. They shouldn't just completely, fold but we will obviously have plenty of coverage uh from both of our sites leading up to that eddie where can the people find you on twitter uh you know what have you been working on you got anything exciting you want to promote anything like that yeah twitter's eddie underscore hers e-d-d-i-e h-e-r-z then my work is all on the reporter herald 
Um, working on a lot of prep coverage right now. I don't know how much you guys are into the Love One prep scene. Probably not very much, but... If you're uh, not, get into it. Yeah, it's exciting. State softball, state cross country right now, but just published a pretty big feature on Dante Wright last week. Got a chance to talk to his mom, his high school coach as well. Unfortunately, didn't quote that in there. Talked to him after the story. Um, also just put out a story after media day and all CSU's newcomers. Some comments from Isaiah Stevens, David Roddy, Adam Thistlewood, the whole shebang in there. So go on the Reporter Herald and check those out. Big thanks to Eddie for hopping on the pod with me today. Like I said, we're going to have him on more, especially in college basketball season. He and I both really just get into the the college basketball scene on a national Mm -hmm. level. We nerd out over it. We don't have a ton of other hobbies or, you know, friends, things that, uh, (laughs) things that more interesting people do for, for a living. This is interesting enough. Hey, (laughs) our, our gigs aren't so bad. I'll say that. But I definitely appreciate him hopping on with me today. A lot of fun to have a co-host. Uh, you know, honestly, I wish he could join me every day, but he's too busy, and I understand. But, uh, you know, we'll be back with more more coverage in the coming days. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, at DNVR underscore Rams, leading up to kickoff. I'm going to drop this pod today on Friday, or maybe today Saturday, depending on when you're listening to it. Um, but it will come out on Friday. So yeah, got a got a fun weekend looking ahead. Nice time in California. Hopefully we're able to make it back without uh, getting snowed out. I saw some snow is supposed to hit the metro area this weekend. So yeah, wish us safe travels back. But that's all we have on the show for today. We're about 40 minutes in, so twice as long as I normally go. But <laughs> a lot of fun to have Eddie on here. And uh, yeah, word. Thanks, guys. Khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly. Primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. The water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV's. Got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly like not from We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 